As part of Ferrari Fridays, William Ross from the Exotic Car Marketplace will be discussing all things Ferrari and interviewing people that live and breathe the Ferrari brand. Topics range from road cars to racing, drivers to owners, as well as auctions, private sales, and trends in the collector market. Welcome back to the Ferrari Marketplace, presented by the Motoring Podcast Network, MPN. Be sure you check out the web channel, motoringpodcast.net. I am your host, William Ross, and I am coming to you from my newly set up office in my house. So I got off my lazy ass and finally did what I wanted to do for a long time and moved myself out from my basically dining room area up to one of our spare bedrooms that was just basically collecting all my clothes. Uh, so anyway, it's Ferrari Friday, and we are here this week to talk about Cavallino 2024 down in West Palm Beach. Those of you not all that too familiar with Cavallino, uh, they've been having this event for a while. Uh, if you never heard of Cavallino the magazine, if you're a Ferrari person, I'm sure you have, but if you're not very much a Ferrari person, I highly recommend checking out the Cavallino magazine. Fantastic magazine. Uh, it's a quarterly magazine. Not cheap, but it's an excellent publication. Very, very well put together. Now, Canusa Events took over three years ago, I think it was, something like that. Uh, they started handling this, and they started actually expanding. They do an event in the Middle East. Uh, I think they're getting ready to do one in Asia. They might be doing one in Asia. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but they do an excellent job. They, you know, check out Canusa events. They also do, obviously, they do driving events, rally events. Like they do quite a bit of stuff uh, around the globe. But like I said, Cavallino is a Ferrari-specific event that here in the United States is held down in West Palm Beach. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful, was it hotel? Was it Breakers Hotel? Um, I think it's Breakers. Come on, mine just went blank. You know, I was there two weeks ago. Getting old sucks. You know, um, but anyways, the hotel... Uh, that is, at, you know, it's got, well, they have it because it's got a golf course, so they have it on the green. But now, here's the one thing about this event. It's not massive. It's not big by any means. You probably got maybe 60, 80 cars at best. Um, something along those lines. But what is presented there and what they curate for this event is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you got some, I mean, the best, I'll say the best of the best, but, I mean, you got some spectacular Ferraris that come to this event. You know, there's uh, obviously they always have a 250 GTO. Uh, they had some 212 Inters. They've, you know, they had a Testarossa, um, the TR. I'm speaking of the original ones. Uh, of course, they did have some of the actual the Testarossas from the 80s and early 90s. Uh, they had basically, when you walked in, you know, uh, if you're familiar with this hotel at all, it's got this huge like when you come in off of basically was A1A whatever it is. That road has got that huge drive entrance that you drive up to hotel. It's all tree lined. Everything that's absolutely gorgeous. Well, and the one area what they have then is, you know, they had, um, I guess you would say the the uh, interviewing area uh, that they had set up there. Do obviously interviewing stuff and doing video that kind of stuff and audio recording that. But they had basically your Testarossa five twelve and five twelve M's your 512 TRs, and then your Testarossas there. And they have some spectacular cars there. There's a gorgeous one. I'm, I, I, I'm a fan, not a fan of tan interior, but this, I got to say, this one, it was like a blue, 
I forget what it's called, blue churro charro. It's like it's something. Anyways, it was it was a very very rare color in regards to you don't normally see uh, a Tessarosa, a TR five twelve M in this color. Very very rare. Uh, I'm a big fan. I love the five twelve TRs and the five twelve M is a spectacular car. Uh, obviously one year only. Uh, for the final iteration, basically, of the Testarossa. So the 512TR was 92 to 94, and then 95. I don't I think it was only 95. I don't think there was any 96, but I think it was only 95 model year was for the 512TR. I mean, 512M. But the 512TR, because it was just a great, great evolution of the Testarossa. They, you know, they fixed all the kind of little niggles and wiggles and whatnot with the Testarossa and really refined it up the horsepower uh, just kind of, you know, smoothed it out a bit, you know, just kind of, you know, I guess they take away the edginess a little bit. Um, now on the Testarossa side itself, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the early ones with the single mirror, the flying mirror, the Montepisto, Montepisto, however you pronounce that again, my Italian, I don't speak Italian. Um, but you know, those things, I love the flying mirror cause it's just, it's got a cool presence to it. It's got a cool look down the road. But now, oddly enough, I'm not a fan of the red Ferraris. Uh, you would think me being the Ferrari person, you know, love Ferraris, that, oh, I love the red. Well, red's not my favorite color. I don't like tan interiors, so red tan is just, it's down, way down my list. I prefer a darker color. Now, I take red with black interior, that I can tolerate, but if I'm going to have, you know, my druthers, I'm probably, my first choice is always going to be black. Um, I think that's just, a car looks spectacular in black. Um, obviously, it's, pain in the you know what to keep clean you know after you wash it two minutes later it's dirty but i just think a black car presents stuff where it just looks mean that way but then you know after that you start getting some other colors you know i, I like a yellow i think a yellow the giallo uh is spectacular as well uh don't get me wrong i think you know obviously that's what they're known for being the red you know the red car but um to me i don't know i just it's not my favorite color of a car but anyways i i wouldn't turn one away but anyways, getting back to the event, like I was saying is, you know, when you came in, you had the one, um, you know, you walked down the entranceway. Uh, and you say security's pretty tight. So, and it was pretty spectacular watching what cars came in. Because now, even before you got in to go into the event itself, get your little uh, wristband or whatever you want to call it. Now they have those little nylon things that just kind of slide up instead of, instead of having the plastic stuff, which is great. You know, hey, it's better for the environment, I guess. Um Maybe people are more inclined to keep it because it's got the name on it. Uh, it says Cavalino. But um, anyways, they have different levels and everything for you to get in. And it's not cheap to get into this event. I will say that. And by no means am I bragging or anything like that. But I just say they charge a lot of money. Because you just said, it's not a massive event. It said they don't get all that many cars, so to speak, where you got you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars and you got thousands and thousands and thousands of people. It's very nice because... It's not crammed. You don't have like people on top of people, like say you're at Amelia or something along those lines, uh, or out of Pebble. You know, it's oh, you know, it's very, very well managed in regards to crowd control. I guess we'll speak. Now, I'm not saying that they, they, they I'm sure they have a limit to in regards to hey, uh, ticket wise. I know like with the upper echelon, if you look at their website in regards to what it costs, like for package and whatnot, it, it ain't cheap. Like I said, Saturday alone, just to take it go on Saturday is four hundred eighty dollars. If you want to just go on Sunday, which is the concourse day, is $680. So I don't see, you know, I always just go on Saturday. I don't ever go on Sunday because I just don't see the point because it's pretty much all the same cars. So I'm like, why would I come back the next day to see 
what I just saw the day before. So, you know, um, now unless I was able to score media credentials for this event, which I was not able to, I guess I'm just not, you know, I don't have that type of pull yet. But hopefully we'll get there someday, and maybe we'll go to both days. But right now, if it's coming out of my pocket, I'm only going to go one day on Saturday. But anyways, even before going in, though, I have to say the parking lot itself was amazing in regards to cars that people brought there just to drive there to the event. Now, parking is very limited because obviously this is an operating, functioning hotel. So obviously they have hotel guests and everything going on. So then also they have this event on top of it. So parking got kind of limited. And parking, if you wanted to park a little bit of ways, it was $40. But if you wanted to park in the hotel, it was $50. Um, and that was if you were able to get in. And they were pretty picky about what kind of cars are going to land in. And I said they were turning some way. But I must say spectacular what cars were in the parking lot itself. I mean, just a lineup of some spectacular pieces of machinery. Ferraris. But I will say uh, John Tamarian from Curated, we are Curated, he brought a Diablo GT that they had just got over from Japan, black on black. Stunning car. They actually have two available. They're probably already sold, more than likely. But uh, I will say this, the guys at Curated are able to acquire and hunt down and get their hands on some of the awesome machinery and most specifically Lamborghinis. Now they get into a lot of other stuff as well, but Lamborghinis seem to be the forte. You know, people hunt them down. Now, um, but hey, they got it. And check out their showroom if you're ever down in Miami. They're super nice guys. Go check them out. But anyways, the parking lot itself was spectacular. I mean, you had you know obviously you had SF90s, F8s. Um, you had Carrera GT. Um, you know, there was a 918 Y-Tech. Obviously, you know, not Ferrari, but you know some other spectacular stuff. Uh, there's a challenge for Dolly. Um, obviously, you have your token, you know, Rolls Royces and that kind of stuff. But, you know, because it's just old money down there in West Palm Beach. Um, if you've never been down that way, it's just I've seen some of these houses um, and just the amount of money that some of these people have. It's just it's just obscene. You know, um, it just makes you wonder, where's all this money come from? I mean, it just makes you think you're not trying hard for something like that. But anyways, so... Getting in the event, obviously they have kind of different levels of, you know, uh, spectator-wise, whatnot. Hey, like I said, I just bought the cheap one, the $480. You go up from there. But anyways, so when you go in, yeah, there's they have a upper level uh, where they have the really, really nice stuff. Uh, that's where they had a 250 GTO, they had a 212 Inter, they had a P, P4 um, that was spectacular. Uh, yellow, and they had the blue wheels on it. Um, spectacular. I don't know if any of you guys listening, go and check out the YouTube channel. Um, we have that up. I dropped video there. I had several stuff, long ones, short ones, kind of going over everything. Got the long one going walk around the whole show field over there. Uh, but then also I kind of got stuff with them unloading. But anyways, um, uh, let's see, 212 Inter. They had 250 SWB. Uh, they had a SWB you know, Cal Spider. They had LWB Cal Spider. Uh, it was kind of neat seeing those two next to each other because you can see the nuances and the difference between a short wheelbase and a long wheelbase. Now, everyone knows, or everyone maybe they don't know, but obviously the covered headlight short wheelbase is the most coveted of the Cal Spiders. So those ones are in the upper teens, low 20s in regards to price, whereas the long wheelbase, you're going to be high single digits, low double digits and millions of dollars. So... You know, um, if you look between two, obviously it's all about collectability and, you know, production numbers. So, me, I long wheelbase, short wheelbase doesn't matter. I would take you to one, but absolutely spectacular cars. Um, trying to, you know, say, but check out 
the YouTube channel because I say there's some spectacular stuff that you know you got to see. Now, like I said, up on that upper level, they also had that art car, that H12 competition or competizione, uh, as they like they call it, uh, that was up on the upper level. That was yellow, it was like an art car. Uh, it was kind of really neat because it wasn't anything too crazy, um, but it was really really well presented. So, and I was trying to look at it. I'm sure I think it is a paint job. I don't think it's a wrap, but I mean, almost kind of the way the matte paint looked like it was almost like it was a wrap, but. Uh, it was kind of cool to see that. But then, like I said, you know, um, up there was a little more crowded, I would say. So it was a little bit difficult here and there to try and get some shots and stuff. But you just, you know, you bide your time. And like I said, you know, people are pretty courteous, uh, wandering around and kind of you notice that you guys, you're shooting video and trying to check things out and take photos. Because uh, what I had done is I got there first thing, uh, tried to beat some of the crowds, uh, did what I did. And I actually left for a little bit and I came back. Um, feet and back were hurting. There's a lot of walking. I actually was able to park a little ways away, so I had to do a little bit of a hike to get over to the event, but hey, I didn't have to pay $40 or $50 to park. So, anyways, like I said, up top, they just they have an absolute awesome selection of cars. I mean, high-end stuff. I mean, you're talking multi-million dollar stuff. Uh, and these guys, you know, obviously are getting judged. So, you know, what was really neat to see, and this is on all the cars that are there at the event, is like having all the accoutrements that I guess come with the car, tool rolls, all that kind of stuff, documentation, your classy certification, red book. Uh, it's really neat seeing all that kind of stuff. Um, the one, I guess, the one thing I like to see, though, is the owner actually doing it. Now, the one thing you'll find when you go to a lot of these events is you're going to have someone from either a handler or someone from a dealership, someone along those lines, someone that you know obviously helps them buy and sell cars, what have you, these owners. Um, I don't know so much they don't want to deal with it or what have you. I mean, they might not even be there, but uh, it's really cool to see owners actually talking with the judges, going over everything with the judges, and them actually know, knowing about their car. You know, it was, um, I saw a couple, I'm not going to name names, but you can tell, I don't know if they, maybe they just bought the car, um, but they must not have really done much homework, but obviously... They were being kind of coached a bit, saying, okay, when they come up, this is what they're going to ask. Da, da, da. You know, it's like, maybe it was their first time. I don't know. But um, it's a little disappointing when you see an owner that really doesn't know their car, <laughs> I guess you could say. Like I said, give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they just got the car. Who knows? But, you know, some of these people seem like it's more about, hey, it's a status thing. Oh, yeah, I own a you know, Ferrari. Instead of actually, it's about the passion of the brand and the car uh, and just loving this thing. Um, you know, I get it. You know, you get quite a few of these guys have, you know, multiple cars, if not hundreds of cars, you know, but I know a few that are absolutely very passionate. They know their cars inside and out. They just, they know their stuff very, very well. Um, but, you know, it, it's just, it's great to see when an owner actually is handling the judges and actually talking with the judges and know their cars and going, going over everything with them because they scrutinize the hell out of these cars. I mean, it could, you know, turn signal, start in the car, the right light bulbs. They check under the hood in regards to even, like, hose clamps. I mean, they get down to the nitty-gritty in regards to what they're actually, you know, looking for and judging. You know, and obviously, you know, they're trying to get that coveted. You know, you want to get 96 points or above, um, you know, and get it and win the prize. So, um, you know, that's what they're looking for. Uh, and you got these guys that are very, very dedicated in regards to wanting to get that. Because, one... It's an actual selling point for the car if you can say it won at Cavallino, it got this at Cavallino or what have you. I mean, or hey, anywhere. I mean, 
you wouldn't like at Amelia or Pebble Beach or something like that. That's massive. But, you know, you get something at Cavallino and get judged and you get a, you know, a high score, that bodes well for you if you want to go and resell your car at that point in time. And like I say, you know, you might get quite a few of these guys. That's their goal is they wait, they present it at Cavallino, they get their score, they get it out there in the public, kind of people see it, know it. All right, hey, it's available, so I want to buy it. Because they can charge a premium then because it just won at Cavallino. Take a sip of my Diet Mountain Dew here. Apologize for that sound. I gotta wet my whistle. But anyways, so going out onto, I guess you would say, the regular field. Uh, but like I said, on the upper level, I think maybe they had 12 cars. You know, so again, it wasn't like they had that all that many up. You know, it wasn't like they said, it's not a massive show. It's not like they got hundreds and hundreds of cars. But like I said, so they're about 12. So if you go down on the lower, you kind of got to go out and come back around because it's up on this thing. They got this wall, whatever. But anyways, you go back around on the lower, you start walking down there. And other thing, they got, you know, the new Ferraris. They got a, a uh, I don't know if it's... Um, what the dealer was. I can't remember. I don't know if it was, uh, it was someone from down that area. Um, but the Ferrari dealer presented uh, all the new stuff. They had a Pro Sangway there. So I got to sit in that. I got to check that. That thing is awesome. I got to say, I, I mean, I was impressed with it when I first seen it. You know, it came out, all the specs, everything that, and I first saw it. Uh, I, I was like, I, I like that a lot. Um, but I must say, being able to sit in it and really check it out. It's got a lot of backseat legroom. That thing is sweet. I mean, I could see why those things are going for basically double to triple of what they actually are to buy at MSRP. Um, it's a great car. And as, all, and as we know, with all these things, 99.9% .9 of these people aren't taking these things off-road. It ain't an off-road vehicle. They're not going off-road with these things. Yeah, you're going to have your YouTubers. Yeah, you're going to have your Yutzes that got more money they know what to do with and just beat the hell out of these things and might go off-road. But 99.9% .9 of these people that buy these things aren't going off-road. So look, Ferrari knows that. <coughs> you know, so I apologize for that. Um, so anyways, this thing is slick. I got to say, if you ever get the opportunity to see one in person, check it out. It's a cool car. So another one that they had was the new S SF90XX. Now, as you Ferrari aficionados know, the uh, XX program usually has always been designated for race-only cars, race cars, racetrack-only cars. Um, and some spectacular ones that it is very limited and run by Ferrari's clientele program where it's basically, you know, you're just paying them. You own the car, but they kind of hold on to it. Uh, it gets shipped around wherever the racetracks, you just fly in and do it. You know, and the price of these cars, you know, you're, you're able to, it's not a problem to fly into these places and these venues that they have these events at. So, but said this SF90XX is the first actual road legal XX that they're actually putting out. And I don't know, I, I, I want to say, I can't remember what the actual production is. I know they're not doing too many of them. I mean, they're doing more than normal, I will say, because it's street legal. Um, but, you know, obviously you're not talking thousands and thousands. They're not doing like they do with the SF90 where, hey, we're just building them um, and have at it. Because, uh, like, hey, the Pro Sangway, same thing. You know, they're, they're supposedly limiting production. Um, but anyways, I know I can't remember off the top of my head, but anyways, that thing was spectacular too. That thing looked mean. I mean, it, I, I think it really, it really accentuates that car very, very well in regards to, you know, making it more aggressive looking. How that thing's going to be on the street though, it's probably going to beat the shit out of you. You know, uh, that suspension is going to be stiff, everything like that. Cause let's face it. Yeah. You can drive on the street, but it is still, it's a track day car. Basically what it boils down to. It's a track day car. But I will say this, it did look cool. That thing was spectacular. So that was cool to see that. So then as you walk down onto more of the show field, the main show field, 
No, you started, it kind of went age-wise in regards to going. So when you started at the beginning part, it started basically in your early stuff, into your 50s, then you got into your 60s. So basically, but to start out with what I thought was spectacular, you started getting into was the 275 GTBs. Um, there was actually, I think it's one of the three uh, aluminum competition 275 GTB fours. Oh, God, that thing was gorgeous. Uh, just stripped out. I mean, and that, the cool thing is, when, obviously, when they're judging, a lot of these times, you know, they got to start the car. So that was really cool to see that. Also, if you check out some of the other videos when they're unloading, I got some of these cars like driving and everything as well. But uh, anyways, a lot of 275 GTB4 cams that were there. I, that's one of my favorite cars. I mean, the thing's spectacular. Um, it's just, it's a gorgeous car. Great to drive. I mean, it's just, it's a great, great car. Uh, so then it says, you kind of worked your way down. It started, it said, as you go down, the age of the cars start getting newer and newer. Uh, you get into it. Obviously, you had the 288 GTOs there, which, is, again, is probably one of my favorite Ferraris as well. Uh, then you got into your F40s. You had plenty of F40s there, plenty of F50s there. So it was really neat seeing those. And it's kind of neat seeing, especially um, between F40s and F50s, because those are old enough, obviously, that you can import European models and bring those in as compared to US, USA-specific-built uh, models. Bringing in, so it's kind of neat seeing them next to each other because you can see the little differences between the two from what the European regulations allow and what the U.S. regulations allow regarding like side marker lights, bumpers, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's unfortunate because some of the things the USA market made you do in regards to making these things uh, real legal, uh, kind of, I don't want to say ugly fight them, but, you know, it's not too bad. But the one thing, like especially with F40s, which was very nice, not so much F50. I mean, yeah, a couple of things they had to tack on there, side marker lights and that, but... Uh, Great thing about an F50, a USA one, which why they're really coveted of the 213 out of the 1,348 that were built, uh, 213 of them were US specific, is the US models did not have to have, or I'm sorry, had to have an aluminum gas tank, whereas the European ones, it was just a, a bladder, uh, which the bladder has to replace every five years, no matter what. It, it doesn't matter mileage, whatnot. It's just, a, it's a time thing. Uh, same kind of thing with those cars, though, is, you know, every five years, you got to have your major service on those things, belts, whatnot. It's just one of those things because, the car, you know, you're driving it, what have you, um, and it ain't cheap. But, you know, it's kind of, but again, it's kind of neat seeing that. So um, that's why those USA ones that were covered just kind of, the one, only 213 out of the 1348 built. Um, but anyways, so as I said, you got down going to the F50s, then you got into your newer stuff. Uh, got into some more Testarossas, um, you know, you got into, you know, just, there's some cool Dinos, everything like that. So I highly recommend, check out the video, walk around and said, but again, you know, it's a great event. Now, if you're a Ferrari aficionado, again, it's a steep price to get in. And again, you know, <laughs> staying around that area is not cheap. I was lucky. I scored a beach, uh, a beach. I scored a Verbo down in Lake Worth Beach, uh, which was probably, it was about 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes because of, and, and it's not because of distance. It was just because all the roads driving up to there, unless you run up to 95, took 95 up, then got back off, which almost seems to take the same amount of time uh, just because of traffic. Um, it was great. You know, I think it was for, I was there from Thursday to Sunday. And I will say it was, I think it was this about 500 bucks. Uh, but it's a cool little thing. Lake Worth Beach is really cool. So if you're ever in that area, check out Lake Worth Beach. Uh, it's a neat little area. Uh, but anyways, um, check out the video online. I said, I, again, I highly recommend checking out Cavallino yourself uh, if you have the opportunity and you want to, you know, splurge a little bit. Because it's a lot of fun. You're going to see some great, great stuff. And the other cool thing is 
they do not like say fence off uh, or put the velvet ropes around the cars. So it's like you can get right up on them. You can get there, check them out. You get to see them. You know, stick your head in, take photos. I mean, you really can get in there and take a look at these cars, which is great. Um, so I highly recommend it. Check out the video. And uh, let's see here till what happens next Ferrari Friday. Uh, working on something. And then, the guys, remember to check out the Motoring Podcast Network. We got a lot of exciting stuff coming up uh, this year. We got new shows being added as we speak. So keep an eye on that. And until next time, guys, we really appreciate you listening. Have a good one. This episode has been brought to you by Grand Touring Motorsports as part of our Motoring Podcast Network. For more episodes like this, tune in each week for more exciting and educational content from organizations like the Exotic Car Marketplace, the Motoring Historian, Brake Fix, and many others. If you'd like to support Grand Touring Motorsports and the Motoring Podcast Network, sign up for one of our many sponsorship tiers at www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports. Please note that the content, opinions, and materials presented and expressed in this episode are those of its creator, and this episode has been published with their consent. If you have any inquiries about this program, please contact the creators of this episode via email or social media, as mentioned in the episode.